What's good, people? My name is Christian, the founder of Christian Jordan, also the founder of Bodega 69. I just want to say, hey, what's good? Thank you for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. You know, I, I do this I do this thing to highlight individuals within the community, right? I believe shakers and movers who are doing things, who are making an impact in their cities. And today I got a very, very, very special guest. Honored to call him my friend. I met him. Damn, yo, I don't know. Like, when, when did we meet, bro? Like, two years ago? Yeah, just about. Yeah, about two years ago. And then, like, the growth that he has had within the two years and our friendship is just amazing. I remember the first time I met this kid, we were talking. That next thing you know, he was at my house, like, having drinks and shit. I was like, yo, okay, I know about the t-shirts. I know about the business with your sister. I said, what's good? You know, let me try to help you with some suppliers and shit. Oh, yes, yes. And yes. then, um, yo, coming around, my boy helping me with suppliers and shit. So, Absolutely. like, uh, yo, big ups. This next guest needs no introduction. With no further ado, my man, what's your name, who you are, what you do? Yeah, my name is Stanley Rameau, uh, founder of a men's fashion brand called Paul Rameau. And, yeah, I'm a designer. Um, I'm an impactor, uh, influencer, um, individual in the community that's just you know making a lot of dope stuff happen in boston i'm just um appreciative to be a part of it so that's what's up that's what's up bro yo i appreciate you being in my circle being a friend someone i could call on the regular and talk to and just like chop it up with man i really do appreciate you so let's talk about how you started where, where you got like what you, you didn't grow overnight your brand didn't grow overnight right so give me a little quick background like what got you into this industry, where you started, things like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I went to Bentley University <clears throat> uh, my senior year. Uh, ended up having a conversation with my sister, Joelle, who's a designer and founder of I Am Grail. And so she ended up talking about how she went to this Margiela uh, H&M partnership. And typically, they work with a high fashion designer each year. Um, provide an opportunity for uh, consumers to be able to have access to uh, really high fashion designers, but on a H&M type of mass production. So the price of the garments are a lot less. Um, and so typically they have like a release party. And so she had an opportunity to see like Kanye West, Paris Hilton. She was on the <clears throat> up and up on her career there. And it ended up saying that on her way back, uh, she was just talking about how dope it was, whole nine yards, but that she's about to just quit H&M to start Iron Crow full time. So from there, I ended up was on my senior year at Bentley and said that, you know, I'll just end up doing the marketing for you. And that's how I got into the fashion industry in Boston and just building the brand with her, her mother-in-law and then um, the rest of our team there. And no. so. My bad, my bad. No, yeah, Dude, go Real ahead. quick, fashion industry in Boston, fa fashion scene, right? Fashion in Boston. Some folks be like, yo, does that even go together? Like, originally, right. I'm from New York, right? Like, when I came to Boston, when I moved out here, I told my boys, I was like, yo, I'm moving to Boston. Like, this shit may be chips. It may be ass, yeah, right? Yeah, folks are mad disrespectful. But, yeah, yeah. I, I do apologize, but it was transparent. <laughs> and I even told my boy, I was like, yo, am I going to lose my fashion sense? Like, am I going to lose my swag? Wow. And he was like, yo, bro, you're like... 20 years old. I'm pretty sure you're able to keep on what you have, but you may lose a little bit. So talk to me about, I, I know you were continuing, but I think I want to just highlight this real quick. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about the fashion scene in Boston. Your sister was like, yo, I'm going to leave H&M. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do my own brand. And how that kind of inspired you into your brand? Absolutely. Well, when I ended up getting into the fashion, I guess, scene here in Boston, it was more so um, 
on the high fashions um, aspect and less on the streetwear. When I ended up starting my brand, then you started getting in, uh, into you know more streetwear um, in regards to uh, just folks out here. I was doing a lot of dope stuff and just uh, how they approach um, their individual styles. But when I ended up, um, you know, going about building I Am Crow and just networking with the different folks there um, in the industry, it was really about you know avant-garde dresses. Um, you know, more tailored type of look, uh, individuals in which, um, necessarily didn't look like myself and my sister. So that was a big thing in regards to just, you know, how, uh, folks in the fashion industry, especially in Boston, where you hear the, uh, the perspective that is, you know, very clicky, clicky, right. And then this is a situation, doesn't matter what part of the fashion scene, you know, you're talking about, you know, would they accept us or do we have to like really you know, really make our mark. And so, you know, from there, it was just, you know, more so building the, the brand, building the relationships. Um, but I necessarily didn't really, I guess, focus in regards to the style aspect on that sense. It was more so just a business sense. And, you know, folks would just go to different events, dress up and so forth. But you can really tell that, you know, I Am Crow was different because of how we approach like our garments and stuff. So, you know, use like, you know, really bold prints, really bold colors, um, just the designs um, as far as different silhouettes that Joelle uh, used in her pieces um, was very much different. Uh, and a breath of fresh air, I definitely believe for the fashion industry here in Boston, but, you know, it's a little bit different when folks, you know, see a particular garment, but can they see themselves wearing it? So that was just one end. But just to experience working with her for five years on a business sense, um, you know, I was able to really understand and really gain the experience and really build my network uh, to transition and to start in Parvamo as far as like my comfortability, you know, building it. So when I ended up thinking about like, okay, I'm going to start a brand honoring my father. And so Parvamo specifically i start not not i don't want to go there yet because i'm about to go there in two seconds with you because i want to talk more (laughs) on you but you 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 mentioned something though that's interesting right you said the boston scene when it came to fashion was very clicky right Mm -hmm. what do you mean very clicky because i look at boston and then Mm -hmm. and we look at the industry number one the shoe industry in boston has a huge footprint right adidas is down here converse is down here puma is down here clark's is down here etc 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 right but then also you look at all these high fashion designers on newberry street right you look at all these retail stores right so with all this retail with all these shoe designers or shoe companies how can a city like boston be so clicky? like what do you mean by that um it's more so for actual designers that start here in boston so it's not really the major retailers that probably, you know, started their brand or their business somewhere else. And then now they have a retailer here, you know, such as, you know, Converse and, you know, Reebok and so forth. But it's more so just the industry in regards to like when you're talking about um, situations where it's like Boston Fashion Week. If you're a new emerging designer and you want to showcase, you know, in Boston Fashion Week, you know, years ago, I would speak more so for years ago, it might be in a situation, it might have been a situation where the perception was if I'm brand new coming into the scene, will I be accepted as a new designer? Mm-hmm. Um, is there a foundation here for me to grow? Will I feel like, you know, I can be able to showcase here and then that can help propel me to then, you know, provide an opportunity, you know, somewhere outside of Boston. Um, and so that's why I'm more so speaking in regards to. 
I feel you on that. And then so then that one goes that kind of ties into like your sister's like, hey yo, I'm gonna hit them with that boldness. I'm gonna hit them with those bold prints. I'm gonna hit them with this color. I'm gonna hit them with this swag. I'm gonna hit them with that Creole uh mm-hmm. background, that influence, right? So when your sister did that, as you seen over marketing for her. How was that accepted in the city of Boston that was so clicky, that was so like, nah, we don't like startups, nah, like, hey, this is not cool. And then also even more transparent, Mm -hmm. we live in a city that's not even friendly to us, right? Right. To people that look like us, right? They like our culture, like our swag, but they don't like us. So how did you take that from a marketing standpoint and then with your sister influence of the color and the boldness and how did you up-level her business? Absolutely. One, I think, that when we ended up coming into the scene, it was, um, you know, very refreshing, right? And so I had the honor and um, and just the benefit to connect with folks like Kathy Ben Harris, who's a major part in regards to just the fashion industry here in Boston when it comes to, um, you know, more of the, you know, high-end um, market here. And so she pretty much took me under her wing. I ended up going to um, a Boston fashion meetup, ended up connecting with her and just other folks there. And so, you know, when I ended up, she, Joelle made, my sister made my job easier because when I ended up showing, you know, pictures in regards to a lot of her old work, folks already noticed the talent and just was like, okay, did she do shows in New York already or did she do shows somewhere else? Because like the level of quality um, that she was putting out was already impressive to enough where it's like, okay, we already know that she has, you know, a lot of talent here. So um, when it came to like build a network and then, you know, folks introduced me to one person to another to, you know, really help us be able to propel, <clears throat> you know, that's how we ended up transitioning and, you know, you know, making a, a lot of our relationships. So one, it was just Joelle as a designer and just me hustling, building network, um, building relationships with these individuals and, you know, talking up the brand um, that ended up leading to an opportunity where I ended up learning about this company called 19th Amendment. And so they were like, 19th Amendment uh, is um, a tech company that provides, um, emer- at the time, emerging designers um, an opportunity to manufacture, um, you know, their garments and sell their garments on a minimum per basis. And so if you was a startup brand, you can be able to put your uh, designs on a five capsule collection on 19th Amendment. If someone purchases it, then, you know, they'll end up selling it to that customer they were amazing on the marketing end and so they were able to so when i ended up reaching out to the founders there you know they helped us propel our opportunities to then go to new york right and that was an opportunity where we um did macy's herald square and that was like a big deal because we did macy's herald square did a trunk show out there um and that was during new york fashion week we had one of our garments showcase on e-network uh, at Madison Square Garden on another opportunity there. And so when we was doing the marketing and showcase all the stuff that we was doing out in New York, folks in Boston was like, oh my gosh, it's a big deal. And, and you know that as soon as you do something, whether you're a brand or an artist somewhere outside of Boston, then you're the biggest shit you know, <laughs> yeah, that happened yeah. in Boston facts. during that time. <laughs> facts are facts. Yeah, so when we ended up coming back to Boston and doing more shows, then it was like, okay, cool. We ended up getting Improper Bostonian 2006 Best Fashion Designer. That led to, you know, us being featured in Team Vogue in 2017 and um, Boston Magazine Best Designer in 2017 as well. So um, 
That's dope. And, and I don't mm-hmm. mean to cut you off, but I would say this though, right? Because we're gonna get into this and we're gonna get into the saying that is always association is always associated with you is live your renaissance, right? Mm-hmm. So despite knowing how clicky Boston was, despite all the adversity and racism and all this stuff, despite all that, y'all stay true to yourselves and to your brand and to your culture. And that's most respectful. And I appreciate oh, yeah. you. And like, and I thank Absolutely. you for that, right? And you guys I look at that too and reflect if you haven't to, because you're like, yo, we're not gonna conform to society we're gonna be who we are we're gonna mm. believe in what we do and yo f it these kids are gonna li- like us and i can say they like you right because right. you guys saw oh, so yeah. many great success and you guys saw did so many things right um yeah that, we know we were dope. like i came from business school like i've been hustling and my first sale my first job ever was selling office supplies to 80 businesses a day, you know, in South Boston or in Roxbury, just knocking on doors. So when it came to like having conversations and just building relationships and, you know, selling something that I believed in, you know, that was, you know, where I was great at. My sister is one of the probably most talented designer here in Boston or creative here in Boston. And so, and now, you know, she's doing dope stuff as far as assistant director at Fairmont Innovation Lab. Um, providing more opportunities for creatives to, you know, be able to create a foundation and, you know, build, you know, their presence here. And so it wasn't really about any doubt in ourselves and we wasn't going to change anything that we were doing. You know, she wasn't going to stop pushing, you know, the Haitian culture and I wasn't going to stop, you know, despite whatever perception that or roadblocks that, you know, you know, one might have assumed or I have assumed that might have been, you know, um, might have stopped me or like derailed me. I was like, no, I was going to hit the ground. I was going to build a relationship. So I was going to push the brand. Um, and, you know, that helped our brand get to, as far as Iron Crow gets to where it's at. So, yeah. Definitely. And and I think that brand and that, that journey that you guys took led to you living your renaissance because you saw your sister live her renaissance, right? Yeah. But you're living your renaissance. And tell me more about your renaissance. So, like, now I want to know a little bit more about you, your business, what you're doing, what inspired you to kind of get into what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So, my father passed in 2016 from multiple myeloma in November. And so, um, that was a tough moment for myself, uh, my friends, family. Um. yeah, it was just really difficult in regards to just dealing with that on a day-to-day basis, right? And so, um, you know, when it came to figuring out um, how I wanted to honor him, um, I did like my first creative opportunity with Joelle. She let me do some uh, t-shirts that was inspired um, by him. Um, and that was just more so just me trying to do something. Like for me, I never thought myself as a creative or an individual to come up with an idea and then push it. Um, I knew that I was great, especially with my business background. If somebody was a creative or had an idea, then I can be able to help create the foundation um, as far as on the business development and on like a marketing strategy and to like, you know, really propel you. And so, you know, that's what my role was mainly for I Am Grail is to, you know, be able to build the, um, you know, the, the major business opportunities and the brand opportunities uh, to where I've taken, where it took the brand um, from where it was to, you know, what it is now. Um, but, you know, I had a conversation with my other sister who um, was raised uh, by my father as well as myself. And we, she just had a conversation with me in regards to just 
trying to find a way to honor his life and use that to help deal with the pain um, of his passing. And so, um, you know, from there, I was like, okay, you know, how do I, you know, really do that? And I had another conversation with my best friend who just talked about, you know, just my potential in general and that, you know, he really believed that I can be doing a lot in, in regards to like my own lane as far as starting my own fashion brand and so forth. So, you know, from there, between both of those conversations, you know, they happened within the same month. I was like, well, if I'm going to start my own brand, taking in consideration that I've never wanted to become a fashion designer and never thought myself as a creative. And these were all different doubts that I had on myself. But I knew that, you know, my conversation with my sister was, you know, super important in regards to like, well, I want to honor my father's legacy. Like, I want to like showcase, you know, how amazing, you know, of a man that he was, amazing man that he was to me, um, showcase how important he was to me. And so, you know, I would start the brand after him and call it Paul Ramon. And so from there, um, again, the five years experience of building with Iron Crow mm-hmm. and my sister, I already knew that I can be able to lay out the foundations, you know, for the brand. It was a matter of now I was going to transition into a no, a new opportunity on a personal end. Yo, you know, yeah, for yeah, me specifically, yeah. like you mentioned, like, I wasn't really out there like that. So I was in the behind the scenes for I Am Crow. Now I have to like, you know, be vulnerable, share my voice, share my story, share my pain. And for me, that's very difficult. Yeah. And like we joke all the time yeah. in regards to like, I don't like doing like different public stuff, <laughs> public speaking <laughs> shit or, right. um, you know, really, you know, put myself out there like that more. So I just, I'd rather lead by actions, mm-hmm. but this has been an awesome um, personal growth for me as much as um, a business growth because brand wise, um, and I'm very humbled by it, um, all glory to God. Like, you know, this is like a a perfect year in regards to for a fashion brand on year one. You know, a lot of things that we accomplished and we can kind of get into that later. But um, yeah, we about to get yeah, into for that me, real soon. Yeah, for me, my father <clears throat> was, a, was a creative. He loved to paint. He loved to do carpentry. So like and we're Haitian, like, so we never paid to go have anybody fix anything in our house because he already knew how to do it. You know, um, Haitians are like super independent and pride, pride, <laughs> have a lot of pride. So, you know, there was that. He was a man of God. So he just when it came to music, um, he loved to uh, do choir. He was always trying to was one of the lead uh, um, individuals or vocalists, you know, in his choir, in his church. Uh, he had me learn the piano <laughs> for about uh, three, four years and like would sit with me and make sure I like did my piano lessons and practicing, um, you know, every day and so forth. So um, that was like moments that we was able to share and so forth. But, yeah. you know, I consider him a renaissance man, right? A man of many talents. And so okay. for the brand, like what we want to do is encourage others to live their renaissance. And that means reaching their fullest potential. And so it was the idea of, throughout my whole life that conversation somebody would always have with me like Stanley you have a a lot of potential or like my best friend saying like you're not living up to your full potential and on another sense like my father is a renaissance man and so living your renaissance for me is reaching my fullest potential and my fullest potential 
you know, had to do with my purpose, one, honoring him, but then also starting a fashion brand on my own um, in which that would help me propel. That's what's up, bro. Yo, number one, like first things first, I appreciate you for sharing that. Thank you. You know, that's hard to share. And like, that's like real close to home and personal. So thank you for being vulnerable. And thank you for sharing what what happened to you, right? And your experience, right? And then like the, the coolest thing is this. You took something that was so dear to you that hurt it so much and turned into something beautiful, right? And and that's very true. You you talked about like it, it was very interesting how you said you had to make the transition from I am Crayo to your brand and you were very vulnerable, you're very transparent. You're like, yo, I'm nervous. Like, what what do I do? Like, like walk me through that because I feel like even with myself, right? Or just as entrepreneurs, like if you're really gonna go out here and go ham, you are gonna learn so quick that, yo, I'm gonna fail. I need to be vulnerable. I'm throwing my whole emotions out there. Like, are these cats gonna be even receptive? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. You're gonna doubt yourself so much. So, like, how is that transition coming from I am Crayo to being well known with Team Vogue? Did all this? You're like, yo, I'm gonna do my own shit. Like, how was that? And and to bring in the tie in the story of your father, right, and his legacy. Did that kind of help push you to kind of fully go more like with it to live your renaissance? Like, walk me through that section of your life. Yeah. Well, to on one on one flip side, it shouldn't matter, but another it does. Like I'm coming from a fashion brand that's like well known in Boston. And my sister does dope stuff. Like on a business end, we did dope stuff. So for me to start a fashion brand in general <laughs> under the shadow of my sister who's well known in Boston. And so we kind of joked around, like, if you're gonna start a fashion brand, like it should be fire, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so there was <laughs> that there was that pressure on top of, you know, just the emotional pressure of starting the brand. Um, you know, for me, I I've been very um blessed to have amazing people in my life. I've been surrounded by love. And so, you know, different expressions that we push is as well as like love beats fear. And the reason I'm able to beat fear is because of the amount of love that I have um, around me. I credit a lot in regards to just my friends, yourself, um, you know, my boys who I grew up with, you know, my family in general, but I I definitely want to give a lot of credit in regards to like my team. And so, you know, my team consists of the first two people I brought on my team was um, one of my best friends from college, Mishon. And then my childhood friend, um, Bryant, who's my head of design. And so when Two years, so around the time I was thinking about, mm, around the time I've, my father passed, like Bryant was super key in, in regards to my life because, you know, that's one of my closest boys. We're super competitive in regards to like just fashion in general. But when it came to like on emotional factor and just on his emotional awareness, it was always key and always on point. And so he always encouraged like, yo, we can like do something on the fashion end, but he would always like express in regards to just, you know, my potential and just, um, you know, super key in regards to just my transition as far as, you know, dealing with my father passing. And so um, when we talked about like just different clothes that we would want to make around like between 2015 and 2017, like, yo, let's make this leather jacket and like do some dope shit around it. So he was like, always you know somebody was like if i'm gonna do something like that you know i want i definitely want him to be on my team and still to this day his main reason on coming as a partner at paul ramon 
is to see my legacy of my father come into fruition. So it has nothing to even really do with him and like, you know, what he can get out of it. He just wants to see me really reach my fullest potential and yeah. to really be able to see, you know, how we can honor my pops. And, you know, that that's dope, he, and he's seen my pops like, you know, here and there and during high school. He never mm-hmm. really like met him, met him. But it's literally the emotional awareness that he has and his desire to see that come into fruition. Um, the third person I brought on my team is like my right hand man, um, Emilio. He's my creative director. Um like, again, like I mentioned, I never wanted to become a fashion designer. So when I was like, but once I take a risk on something, I'm going to definitely do it. So you got to commit, that, boy. Yeah, I'm going to commit. Gonna so go, it doesn't, like, doesn't matter, like, you know, if I'm crappy at it or not. Like, I'm going to figure gonna it out and I'm going to get to it. Yeah. That's why, um, and I think when it comes to my team, they see that my, you know, my work ethic um, is really on point. And so they've been on point all year because I got to make sure I'm on point first, mm-hmm. right? And so... Um, when it came to Emilio, I remember my first conversation with him. Um, we was both drunk at some bar <laughs> and we was just catching up. So he's like um, a family member of one of my boys, um, girlfriend and so forth. So I seen him here and there at different fashion events or whatever. We was both drunk. I'm like, yo, Emilio, I'm starting this brand. He was like, oh, like I'm doing this, this and that. I've always known Emilio to be a you know super creative dude. So I'm like, yo, we got to go have a meeting, have a conversation, whole nine yards. So then we ended up meeting at Lolita's and I'm telling him about the brand and um, just the reason for it. And Emilio, the great thing about Emilio and our chemistry is that he's also a man of faith as well. And so I think that really helped transition in regards to just, mm-hmm. you know, the how vulnerable this brand is. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a conversation with him and I told him, again, a lot of the fears and the doubts, that's not really true right now. I'm not a fashion designer. I'm not a creative those are all doubts that I had originally, but he was the first person to like really check me. And so he's like super excited, like, yo, I can't thank you so much for like, you know, asking me to join the team. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really a creative. He was like, no, you are a creative. <laughs> and he just thought me there <laughs> on track. And so it's just a mindset of changing, you know, um, what type of, um, like what you say is important because you're mm-hmm. putting it out in the universe. Yeah, yeah. So it's like if you want to, you have to speak confidence into you, you know what you really want to speak right? into existence. You, you exactly. have me a man of faith, right? This makes so much sense. Like I tried, like my name is Christian, obviously, right? You know, mm-hmm. I was I was raised in a lot. I, I'm a Christian, you know, but a man of faith, and this hits more on key because live your renaissance, but you have something going on right now. We'll get into it in a little bit, but rebirth, right? Rebirth, mm-hmm. Barson, but rebirth, right? Live your renaissance, rebirth. So I hate to even get more biblical in some sense, but it's all about divine appointment, God, right? God puts certain mm-hmm. people in your life and on your team to uplift you, to get you to where you need to go to, right? So you have your boy, Rob, uh, Rob, correct? Uh, um, well, my Bro. best friend, Jato, um, B-Day, my creative director, um, I had a design the one you went uh, to school with, I'm sorry, you just mentioned his name. He's doing for more from the emotional plug. Like oh, Mishon. Like, no, Mishon. No, no. Damn. Mishon. Oh, Mishon went, went to Bentley with. Yep. But then um, who else? Who else is on And then team? Bryant. 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 Right there. Yeah. Bryant. So Bryant, you was like, yo, he's doing it out of love. He's like, yo, I don't care about nothing. I'm here for you. I want to make sure you're focusing. And he has that love and compassion, right? Yeah. Then you get your other boy, Emilio, who's like, yo, man of faith. 
rebirth this right no you need to speak into existence right so like right. it comes down to like some type of divine appointment right god had a plan for you to go through certain things right to experience certain things right then he puts certain people in your life to really uplift you in some sense right so that that that's a blessing within itself like and and i i, I fucks with Emilio in some ways like yo speak it into existence you're gonna live that whatever you want to be you can be it right yeah and i think you are a living testament to that and you are doing it, right? So I thank God for the people on your team to allow you to to shed that light into you, right? To keep motivating, to keep pushing you. And for you to utilize in that push and that motivation to go out here to influence other folks too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's dope, bro. But yo, we're kind of getting close to the end. I want to start wrapping up. But before I wrap it up, I want to highlight some things, bro. Yo, 2019 was a year. Yeah. For you, and and I, I may go out of order, but I just want to highlight for all some of Paul Romo team. Yeah, yeah. yo, gotta, yeah, gotta, for your whole team, it was successful, bro. Boat. I don't know where to start, but this is in my mind. This is where I see where I first met you, and this is a like timeline I have. So you know, I met you. We were talking. You did your own thing. I saw the ad campaign for the website. Cool. You did a pop-up shop over in Cambridge in the Galleria Mall. I was like, all right, that's what's up. A couple other things happened. Then, yo, you was featured in um, this one spread. I don't know the spread. And I was like, all right, that's cool. Then I was like, oh, shit, my man's in the Globe. <laughs> Went to the yeah. Boston Globe. I was like, okay. And then you just dropped it on everybody, bro. He was like, yo, I was in Vogue too, yeah. right? So, yo, bro. That was in the same month, right? The month of June, yo, like back to back. And I'm pretty sure I missed, oh, wait, yo, I missed MFA too. You did MFA, yo. So I'm pretty sure I missed some things, but out of this whole year of growth, out of this whole year of opportunities, out of this whole year, like, yo, what just happened? Mm -hmm. At what point hit you like saying, damn, I'm living my renaissance. Damn, when I went through my gut and I went with my gut, I was successful. Damn, the team around me put me on and helped me. Like, what was the biggest highlight of this year? Yeah. For you. Yeah. Um, a lot of things were really great. And uh, honestly, I I really believe it. Everything was like God engineered. Mm -hmm. I, I would I definitely say my first biggest highlight is probably like my biggest highlight of the whole year, um, was my mother buying one of our paramo shirts and so when she came to she lives in tampa so she came to the first pop-up so she was able to see you know all of that and so you know you was there we had people up in there um as far as foot traffic i still the whole got time. The, the picture back there on my table yeah, bro exactly that was um amazing moment and so when she purchased for me she was like you have a business now and like i'm a customer like i'm not just your mother and i was like oh you can have whatever free she was like no i'm gonna spend actually money on it and my mother's not big on like entrepreneurship in general she because she's a traditional haitian and so it's, it's also fun to be able to you know have these different highlights and knowing where you know we're going to be and then you know be able to you know see how proud she's going to be of me you know um during that time but you know that's definitely one of them um i would definitely also say one thing the Nipsey Hustle panel that I ended up speaking at, mm -hmm. just because of how heavy and um, impactful um, that panel was, and the different individuals, like we all had a responsibility um, to be able to, you know, really talk about you know ownership as far as like home um, ownership in regards to just uh, businesses in the city of Roxbury or just in the urban neighborhoods or just being a small business and 
being able to build um, a brand in the city, um, being a, a minority and just everything Nipsey stood for. And so originally I wasn't even going to do that piano, but um, ended up doing it anyways, just because I'm like, this is like, this is a, you know, a lot, but yeah. um, after the piano, you know, everybody there just left um, with their spirits much more uplifted than obviously then they ended up coming um, to it. But that ended up becoming a transition to just a lot of different things that I was going to say no to that because God put them in front of me, I ended up saying yes and it ended up turning into a big blessing. So just to give you an idea of how Boston Globe ended up happening, a lot of people don't know. Janine, who's um editor at Boston Globe, who's been a major Renaissance woman, queen here in the city of Boston, to have somebody of um you know, minority descent at the Boston Globe to be mm-hmm. able to write about the different, you know, dope people that's doing dope stuff here in Boston is so crucial. And it's so crucial that's- to be able to have just individuals in different segments. And that's what Rebirth Boston is about, is just having um, amazing individuals, um, especially of, you know, color and major um, industries and segments doing dope stuff to continue to uplift um, our city. And so she ended up coming to that piano, ended up writing about it. She ended up quoting me. Um, and that was like you know, the first quote in Boston Globe. And I didn't even know. I was like, okay, this is, you know, cool. Um, but then she ended up coming to the MFA show, which I was going to not do the MFA show either. I wasn't going to do the <laughs> MFA show because <laughs> I was upset at my team because I'm like, we have like a week left and we don't have any clothes for the <laughs> MFA. Yikes. And so I, I kind of ripped on them. And then it was like, don't worry, Stan, like we got it. So like the week before we was... And I give them so much credit and like Y'all was shout grinding. out to my creative team. Yeah. Y'all was grinding. From like right after work up till 12 at night. Like we yeah. got that full collection done. And so, you know, um, and the MFA ended up becoming a a big uh brand awareness for Paul Ramon. Mm-hmm. I remember just being at the event, just how many reposts was happening prior during after yeah. ended up going to different places after and then folks was like oh you're Stanley from power more yeah, remember, remember mfa and so that was amazing but then and then janine ended up coming to the mfa and was like oh and i didn't know she was here for me but she was like oh can you show me the collection and so we kind of talked about the collection and she was like yeah i think i'm thinking about you know writing a piece for father's day and so she told me that at the mfa and i was like yo that's crazy like and at you that know, point, did you know Globe. she was for the, did she like say, yeah, hey, no, I'm for the Globe? Go- yeah, I've been there oh, because okay. I've seen it. Um, she wrote about the Black Market event. And shout okay. out to Black Market for um, put, um, putting that event uh, to honor Nipsey, by the way. I just dope, uh, dope, definitely want to mention that. And so from there, we knew about him. I'm like, ah, oh, maybe it happened. Maybe it don't. Uh, but then, you know, we ended up having an interview uh, and she did an amazing job just being able to tell, you know, my story. Um from the and you can see it on the globe um it was um published in june but uh definitely shout out to her so again i was going to say no to nipsey um event um tribute um was honored to speak at it that ended up leading to the mfa that ended up leading to the boston globe and then again we would have never done the M- if we didn't do the mfa then we wouldn't have done an editorial shoot for the mfa collection mm-hmm. and then that wouldn't have been featured in Vogatalia yep. if we never did the MFA. So it's just in regards to like you plant, you know, one seed and you just let God handle the rest. And it's just like well, it spirals one thing yeah. after another. So again, that's why I really don't take, 
you know, too much credit because I was, I was plan, literally going to say no <laughs> to everything. But but that's what living your renaissance is. It's <clears throat> like choosing love over your fears. And so it's like for me, all these different things I had to like, you know, trust my team to like come in through the, you know, during the clutch or be vulnerable um, or, you know, do these different speaking engagements and whole nine yards and all this yeah. other stuff that I would you know, the old me wouldn't do, but again, that's what living your renaissance is, is, Yo, you know. And so. I, I'm with that, bro. Like, I want to go on so much. I want to talk a little bit more about the rebirth, but you talked about a little bit, but I, I think you ended perfectly. Choosing love over fear, right? If you let love overcome your fear, you'll be great. You could overcome anything. You could go after what you want, and, and, that's, and that's dope, bro. Like, I respect you as a person. I respect you as a creator a designer that you didn't want to be but now you are one yeah, right, right. <laughs> um crazy <laughs> i just respect you bro i i really do but yo i want to switch it up a little bit i want to wrap up my show every time i wrap up my show i just ask you some random ass questions right nothing too crazy nothing too okay. crazy we, we so, spoke about prior what we were yeah, not gonna talk about <laughs> yeah, yeah don't worry listen man i don't know what you talking about i'm talking about like colors and rainbows and shit okay but, cool yeah i don't know listen you don't put yourself on blast out boy <laughs> don't do it That's but yo so i got like three random questions for you man for, i'm gonna jump it off like this yo what's your favorite color Oh, it's definitely red. Definitely red. Why? Why? Um, red is a powerful color, and it's like I always thought red was like the first color in all the other colors. Or like I used to, when I w would list out colors, I, it would be red, blue, green, yellow, and I always viewed myself as a leader. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was like, well, if I'm a leader, because I'm an Aries too, and so Aries are hotheads. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so if I'm a leader, then my favorite color has to be red. And then, I, you know, I loved the red Power Ranger. I think that was like a big part because he was a leader. So I th red just has everything about leadership for me. Okay. And so when we first started um, putting out marketing material for Paul Ramon, um, originally it was supposed to be burgundy. Um, but burgundy marketing-wise is kind of tough to see. But we try to implement we're going to try um do more burgundy as well, but burgundy is the color to bring more awareness to multiple myeloma, so the color okay. um the cancer that my father passed from, but um ended up leading to a lot of you know different shades of red. Love Unlimited um t-shirt, which is like you know our our hardest color. And we're gonna do some more in regards to that. Just color scheme has a lot of you know red and different shades of red. So um and the pop up all the marketing material for the pop up, which was like our first marketing type event. A lot of red. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's dope. Um, yo, what was the last song you listened to on your iPhone? Um, I'm listening to a lot of St. John. Okay, all <laughs> yeah. right, all yeah, right. His I, new album. Yeah, yeah, yo, I heard St. John. Yo, um, <clears throat> shout out to Apple real quick. They didn't endorse this, but um, I just want to say Apple Music <laughs> put me on to St. John. Oh, okay, uh, right. I was like, yo, music you will love, Christian. I was like, all right, who this? Yo, he came up my thing. Yo, yeah. I mess with St. John. Yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Yo, <clears throat> last question. Takes time to think about it, but if you were to leave this earth today, right? Not calling that this, not speaking that existence, but if you were to leave this earth today, what is a legacy you think you would have left behind? Um, today? Yeah. Oh, okay. Not nah, tomorrow, like at three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, right now. <laughs> no, I shouldn't have no, come to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I think definitely uh, Rebirth Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, our campaign Rebirth Boston, and that we've been just featuring um, really dope individuals in Boston, whether they're DJs, uh, artists, um, music, uh, fashion influencers, community impact individuals, whole nine yards. But just the whole idea about changing the perspective that Boston is a city of no ceilings mm-hmm. and that, you know, the rebirth of the city, you know, is dependent of the rebirth of the individuals here Ooh. and understanding yeah. that the only way that Boston continues to propel mm-hmm. is that we continue to propel as individuals and to be our best selves, reach our fullest potential, um, whether it's that's like traveling or go to other cities. But as long as we're coming back to Boston and then um, making our prints here mm-hmm. based off of the growth that, you know, we're making as far as um, reaching our fullest potential. Um, that's the messaging that folks have really connected with and one like I'm out in the city and so forth. Um, yeah, it's a lot of love in regards to just all the different accomplishments that Paul Ramon had. And, you know, very humbled in regards to just receiving that energy. Yeah. But Rebirth Boston is for the city and it's really not, has nothing to do with, you know, Paul Ramon. It's just a campaign for the city. And so um, if that, God forbid, <laughs> today is my last day, I would want all the dope folks like yourself creating this podcast, living your renaissance and your renaissance, man, because of all the different dope stuff that you do and provide for the city. Um, This is amazing. So I would want that energy to continue pushing forward and, you know, changing that, um, the perspective of our city and having folks from other cities want to come here or, Mm -hmm. you know, poke their ears and eyes and seeing what's happening in Boston, trying to steal from us, like all of that, (laughs) I want all of that. And so um, I think that's... uh, would be, you know, a huge part yeah. um, of my legacy. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I really do. Yo, so before I wrap it, wrap it up, um, I always like to offer you the opportunity. Do you want to ask me a question? You got anything to ask? It can be anything, bro. I'm really chance. I don't really care. If you don't, that's cool. Don't worry. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. Well, since this is the first start of the podcast like you know what inspired you to live on this side of your renaissance and you know actually create this podcast um and not and i know it's for the city but kind of like dig a little bit deeper than that you know yeah nah definitely you gave me mad wine so i'm like (laughs) oh it's my fault now (laughs) um nah man i respect that yo so i would say this right well i'm living my renaissance and my renaissance always been helping others and never forget where I come from, right? Because at the end of the day, we are all the same people. The same way you put on your pants, I put on my pants, right? And then over my life, and then my last career, I was very, very, very successful, right? Like, unstupidly successful in a lot of ways. And sometimes that success came across as arrogance, but it really wasn't arrogance. I really did care. I'm a, I'm a cool, caring, compassionate dude, um, but I care myself differently, right? Mm-hmm. But then I overcame so many challenges in my life. Like, I could write mad books. And with me overcoming those challenges, someone's always there to help me out, right? And I can't forget where I come from, right? And with me being successful and someone always helping me out... And it, I feel like it's my duty to put on for other people, right? To highlight that. Right. I have a unique trait and a unique voice to gain attention in the room that I found. Um, and then also True. I have a unique trait, <laughs> right? <laughs> that I have a unique trait to bring people together, 
Mm-hmm. No matter our differences, no matter white, black, Spanish, right? No matter if you're a Trump supporter, you're an Obama supporter, whatever. Like, I'm going to find a fucking common, uh, common denominator. I'm just going to find that. And we're going to work together, right? So kind of knowing all of that, I was like, I feel like it's God's plan for me to utilize my platform to highlight other people who are doing stuff, right? right. To really bring them out there because... Who am I? God gave me a voice. He gave me these unique traits. He gave me this. And what good is I don't use my blessing or my gift, as they would say, right. if I don't put it on for people, right? So I, I guess the, the whole thing around this podcast, the whole thing of me living my renaissance is to put on for our people, to highlight people who are really shakers and movers in the communities, who are making impact, who are out there knowing that something is greater than them. And they want to highlight that, right? And they want to leave a legacy, a legacy of wealth, a legacy of generation, a legacy of knowledge that can get passed on. And what more better to leave a legacy to people like us, that look like us, right? Because we need to be that positive light and that positive influence to really highlight them and let these kids know, like, yo, I'm doing it. You can do it, too. And I hope you do it better than me because someone's going to do it better than me, and I hope it's you, you know? So I would say kind of that to answer your question in some sense, bro. But yo, once again, man, I appreciate you coming through. Thank you. This is the rebirth and our rebirth will be registered. And so I can't wait for the next group of people that you're going to bring on. And just let's just continue to keep in that same energy. Yo, I'm with it, bro. But before I let you go, do you want to plug yourself? Who are you? What's your website? What's your IG? I mean, do you want to say your name one more time? I mean, plug yourself, bro. Yes, sir. And this is Stanley Ramon, uh, founder of Paul Ramon. Um, My IG is Stanley Ramon. Just straight like that. Uh, my IG is Parvamo Official. Uh, website Parvamo.com. All of that's there. So hey, good that. looks, people. Yo, yeah, once thank again. Thank you so much, boss. Yo, thank you, bro. Thank I appreciate bro, bro. it. My guys, my people, whoever's listening, thank you for tuning in once again and pressing that. Let me listen to this podcast. I appreciate you and be easy. What's good, people? This is your boy, Christian, also the founder of Christian Jordan, then also the founder of Bodega69. I just want to say, hey, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. I greatly appreciate it. Make sure you want to look out for more information and more podcasts is coming your way. If you want to know where you can find out, well, hey, take a look at my IG. Here goes my IG, The Christian Jordan. Then also, if you want, follow me on my website. Go to my website. It's ChristianJordan1, the number one. Go spell it out, the number one, dot com. Scroll all the way down. Click newsletter and subscribe. Once again, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for following me and listening to this podcast. Peace.